soul. We believe you are God and in control. Welcome to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Bram, a ministry of Worship Generation Church located in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, please visit us at www.worshipgeneration.com. We believe in the power of the gospel. We believe you can transform every soul. We believe you're the Savior. Now let's join Pastor Joey as we study through the Bible. Let the nations be glad, all his saints rejoice. Don't drift away, as it says in Hebrews, like so many do. Be careful. Don't let our love for the Lord be dull. Don't let it be like it says in, uh, to the church of Ephesus in Revelation with the seven churches that you've left your first love. Like you can defend doctrine, you stand for what's right, you hate the deeds of Nicolaitans, but the Lord says, you left your first love. Like we've got to be careful not to leave our first love. And I think most of us are doing really well on this, but this is the application, so we need to look at it and consider it. So be careful to keep the appointed time. For there's a, it's appointed unto men to die once, and then the judgment. So we have an appointment there. So I would encourage us as we think about, as we continue to go forward in this new year, and the new year is now getting traction, we're just careful to make sure Jesus is Lord of our time. All of our time. Not some of our time, but all of our time. And the sacrifice of Christ for us on the cross and his victory of the resurrection is our righteousness and it's our inspiration to just be faithful and having done all, stand. Time, appointed, faithful, stay on point, stay on point. And then we see, be sure. Now we come down here to verse 19, where it says, it's, it's in the context of the Passover. It's talking about the two young bulls, one ram, seven lambs. Be sure they're without blemish. Now this phrase is used again later on in the chapter on the Feast of Weeks. Be sure they're without blemish, verse 31. And then again in chapter 29, in verse 8, be sure they are without blemish. So this phrase gets used three times. I just cite the first time it's used in the context of what we're looking at here. So be sure they were that benefit. So be careful is one thing, but to be sure is another. So let's think about this second point. Be sure they, that's the sacrifices, are without blemish. Now, since we don't offer up sacrifices, we know that Jesus is our sacrifice being saved through faith. So we don't have to be sure that Jesus is, is an acceptable substitute, propitiation on our behalf. The Bible makes that very clear. So whether we believe it or not, Jesus is a sure sacrifice in our place. For the redemption of our souls is very costly. So we, but in our own heart, we want to be sure. We want to know that we're saved by grace. We want to know that we're saved by faith. We want to know, as it says in First John, that the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're His. We want to be sure. We don't want to be moved from a, uh, a firm foundation to a faulty foundation. First John chapter five affirms that as well. It's like, you know, that we're firm, that we know who He believed in, and we're persuaded He's able to keep that which you've committed to Him until that day. Firm. Be, be sure. We want to be sure. Christ is a rock. So, of all the sacrifices of people apart from Christ, whatever they think those sacrifices are, whatever sacrifices they make, be it religiously or how they choose to live their life, those are not sure sacrifices. Jesus is our sure sacrifice. That's why we're told to look unto him, the author and finisher of our faith. We're sure. We're sure in who we believe in and where we're headed with Jesus. And all the promises, as we say, are yes and amen. We're we're sure of that. We should be sure of that. We're certainly sure of that here and want to impart that vision and that faith and confidence to you. We are sure that they're all yes and amen. But in the context here, it's the sacrifice. 
So Christ is our sure sacrifice without blemish. We're told that he is like a lamb without blemish. We know that, and we know he fulfills this. So he is the perfect, acceptable sacrifice. He died once for all, as Hebrews tells us in the New Testament, and we're sure of that. So we have this positional righteousness because of who he is and what he's done. And so from that sureness, we are to live the life, the victorious life, by the life of the Spirit through faith, in Jesus working in us, for it's God who wills and works in us for his good pleasure. And there should be a, a confidence. We're not hoping for victory. We're, we're coming from victory. Now, if you've got a world religion and you're following different world religions apart from Christ, you're hoping for something. And I can tell you right now, you're not going to get it. But we're not hoping for something that we're going to attain. We are hoping in something that has been accomplished that we've received and there's a sureness in it. So we're not hoping for victory. We are coming from victory. And we will see when we step into eternity, even our perceived defeats and failures will look like nothing in the presence of the Lord and his glory and the redemptive process he has setting his spirit upon us as a seal of the inheritance. We will be totally triumphant and it won't be like we're in eternity and like and be a defeated heir to the throne of Jesus Christ with Jesus Christ, Romans 8. We have full victory. And so be sure that, the, that they are without blemish. Christ is without blemish for our sacrifice. We're saved by faith, that through grace. It, saved by grace, that through faith in Jesus Christ. We're sure of that. We need to be sure of that. It's not Jesus plus something good we're going to do in 2021. Or Jesus minus something bad we did and it all unravels. We need to be firm in our conviction of a positional righteousness like promised and expounded in Romans and Galatians and other areas of the New Testament, of our faith in Jesus. And then we need to move forward from that. We're to fear no evil. We're to fear no men. We're to fear the Lord and obey the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom. And we're to be, we're not to be an arrogant people, but a confident people. Whatever God wants to do in our life, in this brief journey of life, it's him working in us for his good pleasure. And we can be sure of that. And I want you to be sure of that. I want all of us to be sure that what God wants to do in our life He's going to see it through. And I want us to be sure that whatever disappointments and heartaches we've had in our journey, that he's over that. And he's bigger than that, and he's got a plan in that. And the worst news that we could ever have, that we'd be like, wow, is God really on the throne? He's on the throne. He died on the cross for our sins and rose from the grave for our hope and justification. He is on the throne, and he ever lives and intercedes for us, and he's coming in glory, and he's steering events on this planet. And he may not steer them the way I want him to, or you want him to, or my neighbor, or anyone else, but he's steering them according to his perfect righteousness, his perfect plans, his perfect will, and the redemption of all things in this universe. That's what he's steering them toward. Isn't that comforting? I'm sure of that. Are you sure of that? Like, I'm like, sure. So hope that's an anchor to the soul, we're told in Hebrews, our faith in Jesus. Be sure or without blemish. So let's expand this a little bit, because we're told to be sure, and our sureness is in the Lord. But also this sacrifice is interesting, because we're told that these sacrifices, they are without blemish. So be sure when we do bring the sacrifice without blemish. But since Christ already is a sacrifice, we got to come back to Romans 12, where it tells us that we're to present ourselves a living sacrifice, which is our original service. So our life is the sacrifice that we present back. And it's not a dead sacrifice, it's a living sacrifice. So again, we're sure in who he is and what he's done. He's without blemish. We're walking in a position of righteousness because of who he is, not who we are, but we are a living sacrifice. And we're to, I would say, I think there's a reasonable application to go forward uh, to be above reproach. That, you know, we want to live a life that's above reproach. I mean, 2020 taught us like trying to find like, how do we obey the Lord in such difficult times and yet be faithful and be above reproach? Where do we find and who's sufficient for these things? 
It's like Jesus said, be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. And wasn't that the church for 2020? How can you, like, wow, it's so challenging. 2020, be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. And I think we're all learning what that means. But as we think about Christ being a perfect without blemish, so there's no defaults, or we would say no lame offerings to the Lord. They were not allowed. Then we think about what we're doing for the Lord, how we're thinking for the Lord, with the Lord, how we're living with the Lord Jesus Christ, and the actions that we take is we need to be sure in him, and we want to be committed to quality. Because if you think of without blemish, that means it's a quality offering. Pastor Chuck Smith used to always say, don't bring your junk to Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. We don't want your junk. The Lord doesn't want your junk. We don't need your junk. Don't bring your junk here. Now, there's lots of places you can take your junk, all right? I'm not going to tell you to take your junk, but you might have some thoughts in your mind. People will take your junk, right? But don't bring your junk to Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. And that was, that was in his heart. He used to say that a lot. Like when there's a church rummage sale, like, uh, no, don't bring your junk, you know. God doesn't want your junk. And bring, bring quality. If Jesus is an offering without blemish, then we think our life, how we think, how we speak, how we care ourselves, how we react, what we do, it should be quality. It should reflect kingdom quality. This is what I say about when we're worshiping the Lord in church. Because for some people, worship comes naturally. Singing, the context of singing, there's lots of worship apart from singing, but singing and worship is, I remember Pastor Chuck again one, one time saying that you want to sing and worship in church because you're practicing for heaven. When you get there, you don't want to be like a country bumpkin that doesn't know what to do in, in that place. So like when Queen Victoria invites you to the, to the palace, the Buckingham Palace, like you are trained on how you, you know, which silverware you use when you sit at the Queen's table. Like you want to show up and everyone's praising in heaven. Like, oh, I, I never quite figured this out on earth. <laughs> so, uh, you know, like that kind of a thing. And so for me, I just think like, of course, we were told not to sing last year. I'm like, no one tells me not to sing to Jesus, right? I'm going to die on that hill. But really, they sing in heaven. They're praising in heaven. And like, so when we're singing, and sometimes you feel like singing, sometimes you don't. You know, I understand. But when we're singing, since I'm willing to go to jail for it, I sing with a little more fervor in 2021 than I did in 2019. And also, it's like we're preparing ourselves for eternity. I'm preparing for Revelation chapter 5 with the 24 elders singing, Worthy is the Lamb. That's what I'm doing. I'm preparing, and so are you. Now, we're all a little different. We all express ourselves differently. We've set aside that time to clear our minds from all the distractions and set ourselves on the kingdom. Quality. That's a quality offering. Whatever we do, we do it as unto the Lord. We're told in Colossians to do it heartily as unto the Lord, not unto men, knowing that from the Lord we'll receive our reward. We've raised our children, and now we're imparting it to our, great, to our grandchildren, that we want to do things right. There's a right way to do things. There's a right way to handle things. There's a right way to act. There's a right way to respond. It's quality. Jesus, is the offering, the sacrifice was without blemish. And our sacrifice without blemish. And he's working in us, his character. So it's not like we're perfect, but like it's quality. Like we don't want to bring lame offerings and junk to the Lord. We, we kind of are that, you know, we're crackpots, if you will. But as we let God work in us, it's like we want to do a quality job. Like our yes is yes and our no and no is, which is actually what verse 30, chapter 30 was on Tuesday night. But like, that's just quality. People can count on us when we say we're going to do something, we're going to do it. And not only say we're going to do it, we're going to do a good job. Or as we taught our kids all along, under promise and over deliver. Under promise and over deliver. And our kids, my, my boys say, you know, dad, they over promised and under delivered. That's not, but they would say, oh, 
hey, you'd like this guy, dad. He underpromised and overdelivered. You show up on time, you do the job, you do it right, you finish the job, and you do it unto the Lord. That's a quality offering. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, if we're offering up a sacrifice without blemish and we're living sacrifices, how is, that's just a, a pretty basic application that we, our words, our actions reflect the quality of the kingdom life in how, how we're approaching things and doing things. So whether it's in the family life or in the neighborhood or the community, people are like, man, I really respect that, that woman because just how she carries herself in those difficult situations. She just, she doesn't, she doesn't lose composure. She just kind of keeps her wits and she just stays on point and quality. The Lord is the master craftsman and we are his poema. We're, we're like his work of art. So he's working a work of art in us and he wants to show the world a work of art, which is his spirit working in and through us. In how we think, how we talk, how we carry ourselves, how we act, how we react. In the close circle of the people we live with and share the journey with, and the people that know us on the outer circle, it's kind of like a target, red, orange, yellow, green, blue. As it goes out, we just want people to be like, well, that's quality. Like, and these people, like, they do a great job. That's who we want to be. Be sure, without blemish, quality. How we approach things in faith, humility, and giving our life service that we make commitments, we keep those commitments, and, and people appreciate who we are. And then finally, the third thing is offer these besides the burnt offerings. Again, this is these are offerings related to Passover, and they're separate. So the distinction is you shall offer these besides the burnt offering of the morning. So again, the Lord's like, don't get confused. This doesn't substitute the morning offering or the evening offering. This is distinct and separate. And that's noteworthy because God's given details. And so I would point out to us here these offerings besides the burnt offering. So not to get confused, but there's distinctions of sacrifices, And this got me thinking about, again, the purpose and the context. Because God starts out with two daily sacrifices. He goes to a weekly sacrifice that's separate, a monthly sacrifice that's separate, and then these holidays that teach us different things. And as we think about distinctions of sacrifices, my mind immediately goes to even like how we're all different. There's a couple different distinctions that come to my mind, and maybe you're thinking the same way, but as we're told that God's given, we know that God's given us all different talents and skills and interests. And we're all unique. We're all, we're all different. Like, we might be similar in some ways, but we're unique and different in our personalities, our likes and dislikes, and our interests. And we are. And we need to understand that that's part of God's design. As he had different sacrifices for different purposes, he has different people with different gifts and different skill sets for different purposes. And I've been trained as an Olympic coach and trained with coaches at the highest level and coach athletes at the highest level. You realize that, especially in team sports, how what makes great Team sports is not superstars, but great, great athletes in the right fit with other great athletes that are team players. I also have to go back to, like, if you know your sports, back in the 2000s, when the Lakers had Kobe, Shaquille, Gary Payton, and Carl Malone. On paper, they had the first super team you ever saw. It was like, we're just going to crush everybody. And they lost to a team from Detroit. They didn't have one person whose name I knew as a Laker fan in, like, 2003. And it was like such like, how does this happen? But it's the right people with the right gifts in the right placements executing according to the team. Or as John Wooden say, there is no I in team. Coaching cliches, if you know sports and coaching, there's no I in team. I used to put that, pull that one all the time. There is no I in team, even though surfing is basically an individual selfish sport. But we always competed as a team trying to win world championships. So 
I would emphasize that. And you realize the distinction. And, and part of being like a, a leader or a pastor or a boss or any nature is learning to appreciate the different skills and interests and diversities of different people and how they work together to bring about uh, a flow of how things are accomplished for the kingdom of God. So whether it's classrooms at Calvary Chapel schools or it's a marriage and the differences of two people in their marriage and how they are or just a church, pastors, deacons, ministry team, there's distinctions. If there's distinctions in sacrifices that are very noteworthy, then since we're all living sacrifices, there's distinctions in our lives and what we're called to do and what you might be called to do as a man of God be completely different than what God's calling the other man of God to do. We, we don't measure, it's not ours to determine. Like Jesus said, who do you determine what, what goes on with the servant of, another master, of the master? But we respect that. So I read this and like, well, there, since there's distinctions of sacrifices and it's written out that we don't get lost, I don't think it's a stretch to say that we need to understand there are distinctions of our personalities and our gifts and stuff and that we want to respect that and flourish in that and find our place in the local church, to find our place. Worship generations find its place in the Calvary Chapel movement. We're finding our place in the body of Christ. We're perpetually doing that. We're, we're, we're fluid. You know, it's like, how do we work with the Calvary Chapels in Russia? How, how can we help these Calvary Chapels in Africa? How can we do this? And how can we help these other people that have nothing to do with the Calvary Chapel and work as part of the universal church and be a blessing to them and work this way? It's, it's all a journey. So besides the obvious things, there's diverse things. And we need to understand that and respect that. The diversity of humanity and the diversity of gifts and callings in the body of Christ. But the last thing I want to point out about this that, that gets my attention in a bit more in the context here is that the different sacrifices by the day, by the week, by the month, and by the season is that, and the purposes of these sacrifices in their seasons, how these seasons were different, like I covered earlier, is how even in our society, we have different experiences in different seasons. If you think about the American way, we have Thanksgiving. Almost everybody loves Thanksgiving. Although it's hard if you've lost loved ones. Of course, Thanksgiving is a very hard holiday when you face it for the first time without loved ones that you've lost since the last one. But Thanksgiving, we're generally thankful, and the world copies us. And like I mentioned the other night, the world, most of the world celebrates Thanksgiving in American holiday because we, we didn't corner the market on being thankful. Okay, like people, you know, want to be maybe thankful to the, the universe as, you know, atheists would be, but they're, they want to be thankful and they want to express it in Thanksgiving. Now, Christmas... I said this before, people, some people attack the church for celebrating Christmas because it comes a merger of a pagan holiday. I don't even care. I celebrate Christmas as an American citizen because I love Jesus, and this is when we celebrate it. And to the pure, all things are pure, and to the defiles, nothing pure. So if someone's got a problem with Christmas, Christmas trees, Christmas lights, and like that, that's their business. I don't. I love Jesus. I got a nativity blow up in my front yard this year and you can love it or hate it but this is who we are and and to us all things are pure to the pure all things are pure christmas we celebrate the birth of jesus generally pretty happy but then what do we get we get well america we get valentine's it's like okay we celebrate love and all that okay then you get good friday now good friday is not like christmas is it doesn't feel like christmas whoever went to eastern the meadows on good friday with pastor chuck and felt good about good friday like, you're going to Good Friday because you're going to sing songs. It's, it's a holy convocation, as it said, of, of Yom Kippur later on in chapter 29. It's like, it, you will afflict your soul, it says, of Yom Kippur in chapter 29. Good Friday is like, afflict your soul. Like, Good Friday is a, a somber day. Like, it's, you know, like, growing up Catholic, you know, when we didn't eat meat, right? We ate fish or whatever and all that stuff, I forget. But, you know, the point was, hey, this is not, this is not a happy day. is isn't Christmas. Eat fish. 
you're a naughty boy at seven. <laughs> you know, like, kid, you're naughty. No, I'm not. No, I'm naughty. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, that was the idea. You afflict your soul. You know, my mom just kind of helped the process in her own Catholic way. But the validity of it is, like, that's what it is. And then Easter, we celebrate, yay, Jesus rose from the grave. We'd go to those sunrise services, whether it was at St. Patrick's or whether it was the base chapel or the base football field, we'd do it and, you know, they'd have the Catholic sunrise service. They're different. Memorial weekends like this, Fourth of July is like that, and Labor Day is like that. These are the main holidays. And for us, in our human experience, we have different emotions with these holidays as American citizens. Some have a religious implication, some have a national implication. But they're, they're benchmarks that do what? They take us through a year. See, the 4th of July parade in Huntington has kind of blended in my mind now since the first one I went to, which was so special. I didn't ever do. They had the parade in Huntington to like 2011. I was like, this is amazing. How do we not know for 10 years of Ghost Mesa this incredible parade? And I was like, I told you, Daddy, they have a great parade on 4th of July. So we went to every single one after that. And they kind of blend together. But I'll never forget 4th of July 2020 on our bikes with no one at the beach and the beach closed. See, I'm not going to get confused. I remember that 4th of July. That one's going to be really clear and probably this one. And what happens with these holidays for us is what happened for them with their holidays. They give us timelines and memories of God's hand on our journey as we go through the journey. My last Christmas with my mom and now my first Christmas without my mom. The Christmas cards, I've saved all of our Christmas newsletters and all of our Christmas cards we ever did. The family photos that you send out, I've saved all of them. And our kids grew up. They grew up in Virginia and Vermont. Then they grew up in Cardiff. And then they grew up in Costa Mesa. And they got older. And you know, the Christmas cards are like school pictures, right? They get older each year. And then pretty soon, there's not one big family photo, but there's different pictures of the different families because they're spread out in different parts. There's distinctions in sacrifices and there's distinctions in holidays because there's distinctions in emotions in the human experience every year. Christmas in 2020 is not the same as Christmas 2019 nor is it meant to be. In other words, what I'm saying is the distinctions of these sacrifices and these holidays kept everything fresh and moving forward with benchmarks that you're moving along and life is a vapor. And it's basically Ecclesiastes chapter 3, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to gather, a time to throw, a time to hug, a time to refrain from hugging, a time of love, a time of hate, a time of peace, a time of war. That's what it is. That's what these holidays are. Because it doesn't just muddle together. It's like, no, this is every day. This is once a week. This is once a month. This is seasonal. And they did it year after year after year. And three times a year, they'd head down to Jerusalem to celebrate those three feasts. And the kids got older each year. You didn't have to carry them anymore. Distinctions. Besides the burnt offering of the morning. The distinctions of people. The distinctions of the timeline. The distinctions of the human emotion from weddings to funerals. There's distinctions. We're not robots. We're personal we're people creating God's image. And our emotions are distinct. Our personality is distinct. And the timeline is distinct. And everything's distinct. And God doesn't want it to be ambiguous. He wants it to be deliberate and absolute in our life. So I'll just close with this thought. Besides this offering, keep that one. In other words, enjoy the journey. Keep everything fresh, unique, and real with the Lord. We're not pastoring in Virginia Beach. I'm not pastoring in Vermont. I'm not going to Bob Bowser's church at Horizon North County in 99. I'm not at Calvary Christmas with big Pastor Chuck anymore. We are here, and we're not here with Brian Jameson as we were in 2005. We are here with who we are. Raul, Raul Diaz, our former youth pastor, he sent me a, a photo this morning. 
early text. I was like, before devotion, I'm like, oh boy. And it was Raul Diaz. And he had a picture of when he was ordained as a pastor five years ago this day. And it's such an awesome photo. And the picture of the pastors and the deacons, some are still here, some are not. It's distinction. It's a photo in time. It's a moment in time of who we were five years ago when Raul Diaz was ordained as a pastor at Worship Generation. That was then, this is now. You see? But it's all under the command of the Lord, and it's all to him. So I go back to verse 1 and 2 and read what he says. These things are commanded. It's my offering, it's my food, it's my offering, and it's to me. And you'll offer it to me. And isn't that what we do with our lives? Isn't everything what we're doing? It's from the Lord, of the Lord, by the Lord, and to the Lord. And in that is the fullest purpose and the only purpose of our existence. He's the potter, we're the clay. So praise the Lord and enjoy the food tonight. You've been listening to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Brandt. If you would like more information about the ministry of Worship Generation, visit us online at www.worshipgeneration.com, where you can listen to the podcast of today's entire message. Worship Generation is located at 10350 Ellis Avenue in Fountain Valley, California. Our service times are Saturday evenings at 6 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. And also follow Pastor Joey on Instagram under the tag name at Joey Brand. Thanks for listening and God bless. Not ashamed of the gospel. Not ashamed, not ashamed of the one I love. Not ashamed, not ashamed.